Welcome back to Hey Arnold Hey. It's season two with Corey Vaughn and Adam Samaha. We're so glad that you joined us uh, and decided to listen to two dudes talk about an old cartoon. This is great. Yeah, we couldn't ask for anything more. Nothing more. Um, yeah, we are really excited to be back uh, thinking about it. Um, this is a great episode. We talk a lot. Well, we're, we're talking about Arnold's Valentine. Um, it's written by Steve Vixton and Rachel Lipman, uh, and it's directed by Jamie Mitchell. Uh, a note on Hulu. Um, this is the fourth or fifth episode. Um, as we've discussed, Hulu does a different order than what was on television, which is a different order than what's on your DVDs. Um, and we were going to do uh, a just straight through Hulu uh, directional thing, but as I was watching ahead, um, I realized that this is a pretty important episode to start out with because it ties up some uh, narratives with both uh, the teacher, uh, their teacher, and also with Rick McDougal. And so uh, we, we want to at least honor that narrative. It seems like in uh, the rest of the episodes are pretty good in, in the ordering. Um, there may be a couple flaws here and there, but we just decided um, it'd be better to honor the narrative than honor Hulu, I guess. Yeah, we care more than Hulu does about the integrity Apparently. of the show. Uh, yeah, we got an email and we were like, pshaw, this guy. And then I watched the episode and thought, oh, no, shoot, he's, right. he's totally right. Yeah. So, Is that the sandwich, flying sandwich guy or whatever? No, no, no. Uh, the potato salad guy? Yeah. No, no. It was a different guy. Um, okay. So we'll shout you out another time. Sorry that we forgot to look. Um, but uh, yeah, after this, hopefully every episode will just be in Hulu order. Uh, but yeah, today we're starting with Arnold's Valentine, which is a great episode about identity and about um, uh, uh, performance and uh, judging a book by its cover um, uh, assumptions. Anything else about this episode? That no, just like all that good stuff. Yeah, we we have a new. An, I'm not going to say what it is yet, but we have it's a, a new, big fucking a, deal. It's a big deal. We have a new. Uh, great to start out our second season <laughs> with, the, with the, the worst of all the swears. Um, no, that is not the worst of all the swears. It's maybe the fourth worst. <laughs> Second, second, second worst. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a new. Uh, we have a new um, segment of our show that uh, will come at the end, and you will love it. I hope. Um, otherwise, please enjoy the show. Uh, email us at hey dot hey arnold hey at gmail dot com. We would love to hear from yes, you. Yes, we do have a website hey arnold hey dot com. Yeah, if you want Corey to stop swearing, just throw <clears throat> us an email. Yeah. Oh, me. Yes, I'm. I'm the swearer here. <laughs> uh, anyway, thanks for thanks for joining us and enjoy the show. Yeah, thank you so much. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for. <laughs> so Valentine's Day opens up. Uh, it's on Valentine's Day, surprise, at uh, PS 118, and uh, the student's teacher, Mrs. Slovak, is uh, trying to get everyone to, you know, do the, do the kid thing, make the Valentine's for uh, a special someone. Uh, Arnold fills out uh, an anonymous uh, Valentine for uh, Ruth McDougal, um, asking if she would like to get uh, dinner with him, and Gerald kind of calls him out, uh, dude, you got to be braver than that, and Arnold's like, no, man, she's going to show up. Uh, Helga sees all this, is jealous, of course, um, and then uh, Mrs. Slovak passes out uh, all these like um, uh, pen pal letters to uh, all the students. Uh, everyone's getting all these great letters, including Arnold, who's about to open one from Cecile, 
uh, and Helga sees this, but then the bell rings for recess, and so that letter gets kind of set aside. This episode's plotty, by the way. It's a, it's a longer episode. It's a full 20 minutes, so if you're wondering why is he going into so much detail, it's because I have to. This episode, unfortunately, especially the kind of the setup, has a little bit more, I think, than, than usual. Um, so during recess, Helga actually goes back into the classroom, opens up the letter uh, from Arnold's pen pal, French pen pal Cecile, uh, and adds a little special uh, note uh, saying, I'm coming from France to the United States tonight and I want to see you. And then she says, meet me at this restaurant at this time. Uh, and you kind of are figuring out, okay, she's going to dress up as Cecile, try to fool Arnold into falling in love with her. Um, and, and what happens is Arnold then has... Arnold realizes, oh shoot, I have two dates on Valentine's Day. Classic sitcom trope. Great. And, and I, you know, of course he says yes, because if he didn't, then there wouldn't be an episode, right? So for the next, um, for the rest of this half of the episode, Arnold and Gerald are trying to figure out how Arnold's going to handle these double dates while Helga is trying to figure out a way to look French, act French, sound French, uh, and convince Arnold that she is Cecile. The second half of the episode is the whole double date. And I, I guess the, the most basic way to uh, explain this date is that uh, on one side you have Helga, who is uh, playing Cecile. On the other side you have Ruth. And they're running from one side of... Uh, Arnold's running from one side of one restaurant across the street to another restaurant to kind of catch the, both of these dates. And the viewer sees that Helga Cecile is uh, kind of winning Arnold over. She's funny, nice, asking him intentional questions. He's asking her intentional questions back. Uh, she's charming, witty, etc. On the other side, you have Ruth, who is just dumb. Uh, she is uh, kind of filling your stereotypical popular kid, uh, more interested in her hair and like breadsticks than actually getting to know Arnold. And in fact, she thinks that Arnold is just the best boy. So you see right away that these two characters are being uh, uh, compared to each other. And Arnold even kind of falls more in love with uh he doesn't say it, but you can tell that Arnold's Arnold's into it. And so it does come to a head when um, Helga confronts Arnold about going over to see Ruth. And then the actual Cecile shows up uh, from France. And uh, Arnold is confronted with these two Cecile's. Uh, and he realizes, okay, I'm into this other girl, but I don't know who she is. And... Uh, that's that it, it just ends with that it ends with Helga not telling Arnold that she was Cecile the whole time and Arnold just being kind of heartbroken and sad and Helga realizing that Arnold liked Cecile and not Helga and that's the complicated thing that I, I think is going to bring a lot of conversation um but yeah that's that's the episode uh how to do that was it I was trying to get 20 minutes of <laughs> television into you know yeah minutes no there. you did fantastic job as usual Thank you. Uh, what were the, what were the, I guess, were there any like smaller highlights from the episode that were of interest at all to you? Yeah. There was the scene where um, Gerald and Arnold are walking down the street and they're talking about Arnold's uh, kind of talking about how he feels about um, Ruth McDougal. And he's like explaining like this very like deep emotions that he feels for her. And then Gerald has to call out to the fact like that you've never really even talked to this girl. You don't know anything about her. 
this is like something that you've created conjured in your head and you've gathered just through some sort of like visual uh, like infatuation that you have mm-hmm. with her and I thought that was really interesting because I think that's like a very relatable thing mm-hmm. and these are like children doing this obviously so it's like sort of a baser childlike version but at the same time it's a thing I think that uh, we all do in our lives and I think it's just like um, it's part of what makes like meeting people fun and interesting is because you're matching sort of like what your expectations are with reality totally, yeah. which makes dating fun um, and meeting people p- just fun in general. Um, I don't know. So I think that was like my favorite, like just kind of off scene. Yeah. Did you did you see Five Hundred Days of Summer? Yeah, I did. There's a I, yeah. A, that's great, a whole movie. Yeah, is expectations versus reality. It's, yeah. I mean, that's the. There's a line that Arnold says where he actually asks Helga about that. Did you ever think you knew somebody and then you got closer and you realized that's not who that person is? Yeah. And that goes into a lot of other things we can talk about. But if nothing else, it's expectations versus reality yeah definitely yeah Yeah. um was there one that you liked well yeah there are a bunch of little i think there's some little things that are pretty funny one is that helga turns into a poodle basically because she goes to (laughs) yeah she goes to look french she goes to this um dog salon french dog salon yeah but she doesn't know that it's a dog salon she's like give me the works because she's so mouthy and like just uh pushy He's like, all right, fine. Yeah, <laughs> he tries yeah, to tell her, like, this isn't for humans, but yeah, yeah. if you're going to keep pushing it. Uh, the other one is um, uh, Mrs. Slovak, who, or Miss Slovak, I don't know if she's married or not, but she, uh, one kid asks, what if you don't have anybody that you love? What if there's nobody special in your life? And she just drops the sa- this, like, sad sack mentality and says, well, then you'd be me. So I think you just answered your question. She's probably not married. That's that, oh, that's true. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Miss Slovak. Yeah. Um, and that's you know the reason uh, we're doing this episode out of order is because Mrs. Slovak. Spoiler alert: she leaves. There's a new teacher that shows up, and so this is sort of the last hurrah for Miss Slovak. She's uh, a little bit depressed. Um, the other one is uh, the part when she hands Helga her pen pal card. Oh, that one's and, funny. <laughs> turns it over and it says "Send money." Yeah. Yeah. It's, so good. Uh, I'm trying to remember what I guess those are like just some like little funny moments. Um, this episode, yeah. So that's the, the, there aren't a ton of like laugh out loud funny moments, but I think those are a few of them. Uh, no, maybe not laugh out loud. Chuckle, chuckle slightly. Yeah, a little chuckles. Yeah. Um, what do you think about kind of a thesis or a, a like a, a big moment scene that we can we can think about more critically? So I think that there's a few of them, but as but I think there's one major one, right? Which is the very last scene. Yes, it's as Helga's walking down the alley, and it's, um, oh, he really likes me. Nobody liked Cecile, but I'm not Cecile. But maybe I am kind of Cecile, and it's like this like strange back and forth. Yeah, um, and I think that that's a fascinating sort of uh, like little debate she's having in her head, and. I think it kind of shows what the rest of the episode is about, which in my mind is kind of like about expectations. It's also about like truth mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. being able to like wrestle with the truth and actually know what the truth is. And then if you know it or don't know it, being able to express it, right, whatever right. it is and kind of uh, like going through those sort of motions. And I think there's actually like the whole episode is constructed in a way where even on like the less obvious um side to it like the restaurants 
like you there's the alleyway with the, the uh. fountain and you have like the fast food like french restaurant on one side and then you have like a more hoity-toity what i guess would be like more authentic right. oh, french restaurant on the other side so and he's going between both worlds and mm-hmm. ruth who's mm-hmm. a more surface level person basic person i guess to use like current uh language um and she's at the fast food <laughs> French restaurant. And then uh, Helga, who's like a more in-depth character, is at the more authentic, snooty, sadly, French restaurant. Um, so I think that's like a more just kind of um, not like character-driven, uh, narrative-driven uh, way of explaining this sort of duality. Right, um, right. But it's it's there. And then it, there's a lot of character elements to well, it, too. Yeah, it's interesting. That scene is a um, – is a a uh, very sm- uh, short version of all these other small scenes that you've seen throughout totally. the episode. And yeah. that like nails it home about expectations and reality and about duality and about um, a lot of other themes I think we can talk about. But I think we should, yeah, let's listen to the episode or listen to that scene and then we'll talk about it more. Uh, <laughs> what a crazy night, huh? Uh, yeah. There's one thing I still don't understand. Who are you? I... Um... I can't tell you. Why not? I just can't, that's all, okay? Well... Okay. I guess. Will I see you again? Oh... Probably. I just want to tell you that this has been the best Valentine's Day I've ever had. Me too. But now I have to go. Well, we'll always have Chez Paris. Au revoir, Arnold. He likes me. He really likes me. (gasps) Wait a minute. He doesn't like me. He likes Cecile. Well, not Cecile, Cecile. Me, Cecile. So he does like me. Oh, criminy. I'm a bastard case. Uh, that scene is another, like... If you guys remember the Christmas episode, Helga thinking heavily about two different sides of one coin. I think she did it in the Save the Tree episode, too, um, with her thinking about her dad. Um, Helga, the writers give Helga this mouthpiece of um, uh, conflict resolution, I guess. Uh, she's seeing the conflict of the whole episode, and she's trying to resolve it in her heart in a quick moment. Uh, which gives her a lot of power as a, as a lead character in the show. Um, so even even just the power of this scene, I think, uh, is is great. Um, but okay, so I have a lot. To th- I I've been thinking a lot about uh, queer theory, which is a little more, I guess, me trying to uh, think of it in a more complex way. Um, I also think that if we take away uh, that label, that base conversation that you brought up about expectations of reality i think that's there too and maybe maybe they both are there um yeah so i guess i'll jump in and try to think about it from a more critical theory way and then we can maybe uh like try to simplify that and see how it's more of a practical practical conversation of truth and expectation um so from what i understand uh queer theory is about uh performativity performance uh how uh any any kind of assumption you make about somebody is actually more about the performance that person is putting forward. Um, and I think what this scene does uh, is it's Helga realizing that 
Arnold, it's not just that Arnold likes her. It's actually that Arnold likes her performance of her performance of Cecile. Um, and so when Helga says she doesn't like, he doesn't like me, he likes Cecile, but he actually doesn't like Cecile. He likes me, Cecile. He likes my version of Cecile. Um, and I, I guess like, I'm not, uh, uh, my understanding of queer theory is pretty low, but the best I can explain it is, um, whether you're talking about gender identity or any other kind of sub identity, um, we all have assumptions about what what we're supposed to be or what another person's supposed to be based on that identity. And what uh, someone who is actively thinking about queer theory, they're going to challenge those assumptions of performance by um, shifting, uh, shifting the assumed performance to something else um, and admitting that, yeah, I, I wear a costume, a metaphorical one, uh, and that's to uh, make people think of me a specific way. Um, and that's like my very rudimentary understanding of it. But I think this episode has a lot of that because you have Arnold realizing that Ruth isn't who he thought he thought she was. You have uh, Miss Slovak saying sometimes that uh, the greatest gift comes in the plainest box. Um, this whole episode is about identity and about uh, uh, presumption and about um, performance. Um, and I think that I think this scene in particular um, brings all of those conversations to a head uh, and and gives us a character who's really thinking about it in a critical way. Um, and really, she's she's one of the, the more thoughtful characters, too. So it's 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 a good moment to bring all these thoughts together in one. So I don't know. Do you think um, do you think queer theory is too uh, like too heady for this episode? How are you? Is that, I think it? that's what we do on this show. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, I don't know. I think that. So I think there's like a few different ways you can approach it. I think that when you're talking, I think this, this show and especially Helga's character in general, um, she's always wrestling with her identity. Totally. And I think part of that is probably more in line at that t stage in life with like what it is like to be feminine and or be a female mm -hmm, in that, mm -hmm. in that stage of life, because they're like women typically are more developed than uh, emotionally, psychologically, physically, than their male counterparts at the time. Mm. So they're going through some sort of emotional thing mm. that is beyond what their male counterparts are going through. So I think it totally makes sense. And I think that, um, uh, I don't know, I think that it, it, uh, there's a lot of different ways that identity like rears its head in this. I think part of it is, um, like the identity that Arnold has ascribed to Ruth McDougal mm -hmm. and uh, his sort of um, um, expectations of her that he places upon her and sort of viewing her as like a very traditional, probably in his mind, uh, like appealing, attractive woman or girl or whatever. Right. Um, and then thinking if like the aesthetics of her and the physical beauty of her, or whatever in his mind is that great. Therefore, or as a human being should also be up to that same level, I mm -hmm, guess. Mm -hmm. um, and then as you see through the episode, that is clearly not the case. Um, and then you have a person like Helga who seems like she's grappling with a lot or she's uh, wrestling with a lot and that there's, um, she's seems to be not really comfortable in her body and is very quick to, see what she likes in others and then like demean herself. Yeah. 
Um, and I think people do that in general, um, but her character seems to do that a lot. And I think that there, there's like, to me, I don't know. I'm like, this is hard for me. This one's hard for me yeah. because it was like a place that I want to get direction. I want to go with this, but I don't know if it like really overlaps with this, but I think in my mind it kind of does. Yeah, Maybe I'll it. just go for it. Yeah, see how yeah. it works out. Um, I think that the whole, the whole ideal with identity and say like a queer studies is you're always, no matter what you're doing, you're like trying to reach for truth. Like truth is the ultimate goal and, um, in any sort of practice of anything. And you're trying to figure out what that thing is. So if you're playing, if you're like playing roles or you used a word earlier, um, performance. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you're performing and if we're all performing and curating our lives and ourselves in right, a specific right, right. way, um, we are trying to figure out what our truth is. Mm-hmm. And then we try to figure out some physical manifestations to align with that truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think, the fascinating thing about that end scene of Helga going back and forth, like, did he, does he like me or does he like this thing he thinks is me and all these things. And it's like, at the end of the day, I think that's a thing everybody's doing. Yes. And I don't know if you ever really know anybody else truly, Hmm. because I think we're always performing constantly. And I think probably one of the reasons why, people in relationships over time become disillusioned with their relationships to some degree. And you're confronted with like the reality of being with a partner is because that mask starts to slip. Mm. And it's not that there's nothing beneath the mask. It's just that you realize that people are messy and complicated and not as highly curated as they are, they are perceived Mm. to be or try to be. Um, So I think that, I don't know. I, I don't think of that as like necessarily like an awful dilemma. Of like, does he like me or does he like this thing he thinks I am? Because I think that's just the human experience. Mm. And so I think it's like absurd in some way. Right. Right. But it's like an absurdity that we all have to wrestle with and we all have to get through. And um, that I think this episode does a super good job, actually, of like sort of expressing that in some sort of like lighthearted, fun, kid-like way. Well, if nothing else, Helga could be kind of... Uh, encourage that he likes at least a version of her right because he yeah that's why i don't think it's that problematic yeah because because it is really her actually because she's the one performing yes yeah whoa yes there we go that's good uh and i was thinking too about uh well the when arnold realizes um that ruth isn't who he thinks she is i think of that kind of as like uh and, and maybe we can think about this in regards to helga too but um uh Ruth as like uh, a painting. So if you think of, uh, I know she's like a paint, like a milky white shoulder <laughs> painting, uh, which is a line of dialogue from this episode. Uh, uh, if she's if she is a, uh, what's it called? Um, impressionistic painting. From far away, you're gonna see it one way, but when you come up cl- come up close, you're gonna see it something else, um, because Im- impressionists use like more like broad strokes. And so Arnold sees like these things from afar. And so he thinks he knows the totality of her, but like, of course, with any painting, not just, you know, not just impressionist paintings, but any kind of piece of work, when you get close and really um, approach it and inspect it, you're going to see that, okay, like this is a, this painting is not what I thought it was. It, it, it has more nuance and complexity. So in this situation, he falls out of love with Ruth. But it's not a surprise that 
what he actually found wasn't who he thought she was. Not just from a like expectation reality thing, but from the way from the way people work, which is back to the performance. What what they put forward isn't the whole story behind them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think like a stupid way of viewing that is like he kept seeing the preview to the movie and then he saw the full movie and it just is right. disappointing. Yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, that's they took right. the funniest bits for the preview. Yeah. So um, I don't know. I think this is actually fascinating. Um, I think it's weird because I didn't like this episode at mm-hmm. all before we started talking about yeah. it. And now it's like bringing up a lot in my head that I, that um, I didn't think it had mm-hmm. the, the ability to do. Um, I think, uh, to take it in a slightly different direction, I think something that's interesting about this is uh, there's the conversation right now about like, um, w- well, you have Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. That are Who? Right. Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. I don't know if you've ever heard of these people. No. Yeah. One of them's okay. a fake billionaire and the other one is a lifeline politician. Okay. So we've probably all which heard one, of them. Which one's which? So she's only a billionaire or a millionaire. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, so, but what's funny about it is that um, if you're talking about like identity and you're talking about like performance and those sorts of things, you have on one hand Donald Trump, who is a just a performer. That's it. Like he's the one where the mask slips and there's literally nothing beneath besides cobwebs and like a racist, you know, in a in, a, in, a, in right, his right. parents' basement. And then on the other hand, you have Hillary Clinton, who's like way more nuanced and problematic in a lot of ways. But she is confronting this idea that's not popular right now, which is you can have these like ideas that you propose out in public and then you have your private opinions that are very different from those public opinions. And that's like that conflict. And that's the thing right now. I think that most people we are always, and especially now like striving for authenticity and what we think the truth is. Mm. So whereas that's a classic political move, which is you say one thing and then you're actually feel another way. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And that's just the way it's been. And then the real work gets done in backroom deals. That's like politics through most of politics. Mm, mm. And it's we're slowly moving away from that. But I think it's a similar sort of issue and and and, and conflict, uh, which is like that thing of what is more important? Mm. Is it the thing you put out there and the thing that people start to like or like at all? Or is it the thing that you harbor really deep within mm. you mm. that – influences your performance but it not it, it can actually stand apart hmm. and be different um that's why i was saying i'm having a hard time with this episode because it's like doing a lot of things in my brain yeah well it, I, if it's a conversation of identity we could talk about politics we could talk about social media we could talk about um we've already talked yeah. about romantic relationships those totally. are three huge examples contemporary examples of um processing identity uh and authenticity and vulnerability um, it's interesting because in a lot of ways, like you mentioned earlier, Helga is presenting herself in this restaurant as like, and by Helga, I mean Helga as Cecile performing yeah. Cecile. She's presenting this softer side, uh, interested, um, conversational, um, uh, vulnerable. Um, and that, and that does win Arnold over. Um, and the reason he brings up in the same breath, in the same breath of liking Cecile with um, he, he brings that up with being annoyed of Helga like the Helga he knows the performance of Helga that she puts um, in class and I just thought it, as I said that Helga her whole life is a performance because the there's been an argument that Hey Arnold is actually about Helga because she's the only one who monologues uh, monologues no other character has you know 
three minute long conversations to, to his or herself. Um, and so the only people that know the real Helga are Helga and the viewer. No one else sees the real Helga at all. And so it's interesting that she's the one dealing with identity because in this specific situation, because her whole narrative in this story is her performing this bully, this independent, like sassy, snappy little girl who um, pretends like she doesn't need love or she doesn't need friendship. But we as the viewer constantly see her self-doubt, her vulnerability, her self-loathing. And if nothing else, that's who she really is. Um, And so I don't know. I, I mean, this adds more conversation to that. It it gives, um, it gives a specific way to talk about her performance. Yeah, definitely. And I think that something I think, and I I keep going back to this, but I think that is, is kind of interesting is that I think the truth is the thing is a thing we're just always constantly striving for. It's not ever a thing we really ever get to, or we ever get to see fully, but like we see like little glimpses of it. And I think even in this episode, you see it because even when Helga is being Cecile in the restaurant, mm. she still lets parts of how she actually feels to Arnold show. Yes. And I think conversely, you have Arnold who, when, like you mentioned a moment ago, when, when she, he is asked by Helga or Helga asks Cecile, like, is there any girl that you like? Maybe there's a smart, beautiful, you know, wonderful girl. And his response is, it's not um, Ruth McDougal because I think he's sort of falling out of love with her or out of lust with her right. or whatever it is. Um, and um, he brings up Helga. And he says it in a sort of negative way where he's like, she bugs me. She bugs me. Which is like the child's way of like saying there's an interest there, but he doesn't know how to like yeah, confront it yeah, essentially. Yeah. Um, so he could have all... said anybody else. Exactly. He said yeah, he could have said Phoebe. He could have said literally anyone else. But he chose her. And I think it shows that that is maybe like a truth of his that he doesn't really know is there. Uh, but something in his subconscious or something. I mean, he's like freaking cartoon character but it it like shows you know i mean there's a reason that they chose him to say that thing at that time to Mm -hmm. those questions um and i've watched this episode like four times and i keep for every time i see that scene i forget that she poses the question to him of is there any girl that you like and then his response is helga even though that she bugs me because it's so he responds in the negative she's asking for the positive and he responds in the negative but it's about that question yeah he he's giving the name that helga's hoping for which is helga yeah it's for a different question yeah yeah that so it's it's actually like every time I it's keep, a very layered yeah um and i think that's the the strength of this episode is that it is layered mm-hmm. and i think mm-hmm. there's a lot of like i guess ways you could go down more critical uh like lane and then there's like more surface level ways of right. expressing like the duality and the search for truth and the lies and everything yeah. else that's going on. Well, and I, I liked you bringing up the duality of the restaurants, how uh, Arnold is juggling two things. One is this surface level beauty with like no depth. And the other is this like bully, right? Uh, who actually does have depth and he's juggling these two sides. And so they're, they're kind of the same thing, but also different. And so you see that in the nuanced differences of these two restaurants. One's a little bit more casual with breadsticks and, you know, people on cell phones or whatever and then on the other side you have um this like like you said hoity-toity snobby kind of place um yeah it's uh there's a lot of uh those uh duality moments but also uh to jump back into the like the layers of um the layers of queer theory that you that you see everybody's swapping roles um 
at the end, Gerald ends up, ends up taking the name Arnold to win over Cecile. And Cecile says, the real Cecile, the real Cecile. <laughs> um, so, and then you have uh, Miss Slovak talking about the, the greatest gift comes in the plainest box, which is all about the, kind of a judge the book by its cover. So just in those two moments too, there's all these like role swapping, there's um, identity crisis. Um, it's not just Helga. It's Arnold realizing it about Ruth. It's Gerald. It's Miss Slovak. Everyone's dealing with kind of an identity reversal or a, a dropping of assumptions, a dropping of performance. Um, it, and I think I mentioned it earlier that that final scene is a strong version of all the small versions of that throughout the whole episode. And I think it shows you how entrenched and deep the sort of the layers of identity are. So right. you have it's very apparent that the Cecile that is Helga is actually Helga. Like it's very obvious. Yes, yes. She sounds the same. She's cut co- only one That's eye right. is covered. That's like, right. like it's ba- obviously Helga, but in Arnold's mind, a person like Helga and Helga would never be sitting in front of him, having this conversation totally, with him, totally. looking the way that she does being pseudo sophisticated and pseudo French and, and, and pseudo friendly and pseudo friendly. Yeah. And like human essentially. Right. Right. Um, because he views her as like a bully, which is, mm. you know, more like a monster than like a human. Yeah. Um, and so you see how Helga's identity that she's created in the schoolyard and at school is so entrenched wow. in wow. her that it's so obvious it's her, but he can't see it. Hmm. And he, she gets away with it the whole time, even when she freaks out and confronts Arnold in a full Helga mode. Like it's, she's being Helga the way right, that he right. see, he knows her and he still doesn't recognize that as her. Yeah. Uh, and you're, you're talking about her like yelling, saying, if there's one thing I can't stand, it's when a person isn't honest. Yes. Which, which is even, is, yeah. is maybe the second most important moment of yeah. the entire of the entire uh, show or the entire episode because she doesn't even see that her own existence is a lie. Yeah. Well, right? and everyone in that moment, yes, is lying. Everyone, right? Yeah. Right. Uh, I mean, I guess Arnold's not, but like he's well, he's like lying to himself. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes, 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 yes. <laughs> he doesn't know that he's um, lying. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's yeah, it's it, it is a good episode. Except I really hate that Arnold can't recognize. Helga, it drives me crazy. It's the Clark Kent Lois Lane problem. Like, yeah, it's almost like, so bad that it's Superman annoying. doesn't wear a mask. Yeah. You should be able to tell yeah. that it's yeah. Clark Kent, right? But it's a, that's the same sort of concept. It is. It's it is. that person's so antithetical to what you see in front of you that it could never be right. Yeah, that's true. Clark Kent is yeah. kind of you know meek and mild, and the, and there's a lot of actually there's a lot of queer theory tied to Superman Clark Kent as well because you have to decide which one is the real one. Like who's yeah, who's yeah, real? Yeah. Is it is it both? Is it Clark? Is it Superman? Yeah. Like. Which is which is the performance? Yeah. So that's the question we have to ask about Helga. Who's the real Helga? Is the real Helga the wounded, um, angry, lashing out, sarcastic, mean Helga, or is it the one that that no one else sees, which is heartfelt, thoughtful, poetic. nuanced, poetic? Yeah. And I guess it's a little bit of both. Is is the like easy answer? Yeah. But there's but it's even more complicated than that, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that with her. Everything you described is like an extreme in one way or the ah. other. So like the, one is an extreme in the negative, one is an extreme in the positive. But in reality, th- like and you see that in moments when she's talking to Arnold, like the conversation's a little banal. And then but she's like sweet, but like yes. normal. Yeah. It's not like 
her reciting poetry, right, you know, into right. the air. But it's also not her screaming and yelling and throwing a fit. Yeah, it's yeah. like her asking regular, normal, boring, sweet questions that you would have in a normal conversation, which is not a space mm. she ever occupies no, no. at any point in the uh. show, really, which is just normal and boring, mm. but nice still. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, I don't mean boring, like, in a, like, bad way. Bad way. Like, not the pendulum isn't going either way. It's in the it's, center. Yeah. 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 Um, what about uh, crying, man? What any any cry of the week for you? Is there anything else? What, I think I think we are, we did a great job at talking. We did a about fantastic this, job, which we always do. <laughs> uh, what do you think about uh, the cry of the week, man? Anything? Uh, let me turn that around to you. Yeah, that scene is <laughs> that scene is great. Like it's hard to not watch it and think of how which scene. Uh, it, uh, Helga realizing that. Arnold likes her performance of Cecile. Oh yeah, uh, and that's not that's not her, but it is her. And Helga, I think, yells out like "I'm a basket case" or something, and that's funny and also sad. It's sad that she, like, her realizing how difficult it is to be intentional and authentic. Um, yeah, I would give it, uh, yeah, three tears. Three tears. That's a good amount of tears. I think mine is, um. Like Arnold, I mean, that's a great one you just said, but I can't use the same one as you, um, is like Arnold's realization about what, what and who Ruth McDougal is. Mm. And, um, and one, on one hand, like not everybody can be sophisticated and interesting, mm. right? Oh, well. So you yeah. can't fault her for being boring Herself. and basic. Yeah. 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 Um, so, um, there's a lot of things, I guess, this is tangential, but there's a lot of things where if you have, like, too much basic beauty, you know, like, maybe you don't have to develop other parts of your personality. Mm -hmm. That's, like, a thing that I think people think oh, and I think about. But 30 Rock does that where yeah. there's a character who's so dumb, but he's so beautiful. Yeah. That he gets everything. Yeah. He doesn't have to be smart because he's so beautiful. And then the ones that rule the world are the beautiful ones that are also very brilliant. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so That's true. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, But then that has nothing to do with what I want to talk about, actually. But uh, but I think the, 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 the idea of Ruth McDougal as the mirage. So he, like, gets there mm -hmm. and it's not – it's just vapid and sort of boring and – it doesn't provide him the sustenance that he his right, heart craves, right, right, right. you know. So uh, he uh, starves and um, dehydrates uh, of, of love. So I think that's sad because that, like, I mean, that's happened to me. I'm sure it's happened to other people too. Right. Um, and I think that's the thing I gravitate towards, which is like, where do I see these things in my life or mm. people I know? Yeah, yeah. Life. And a show like a slow show like this uh, requires that. Um, yeah it, like it really sits with that sadness <laughs> and sits yeah. with that um it sits slowly with a posture of like thought and uh so i i i think about my personal life as well with this and it makes sense just with the nature of the show i think yeah and i think uh just a thing that we could throw i will throw out there is i think if you are all listening to this and we ha say we're really off base with any ideas like if, if anyone's still listening, you can throw us an email yeah, or yeah. a comment or something, because if you happen to be like very well versed in queer theory oh, please, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, we, and say we just spent, uh, let's see, 38 minutes, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Talking butchering garbage. that. Yeah. 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 I would, we would love to hear. I would love to be corrected. I did. Yeah. I'm not, 
speaking out of a vacuum, I did talk to friends who've studied critical well, theory. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm know. not throwing you under yeah, the oh, bus. Oh, no, no. But yeah, I'm, I'm just, just letting you know. I've, this is interactive. I, tr- I tried so hard. Yeah. You know, and I, I, uh, but in the end, it doesn't even matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, yeah. what song is yeah. that? Yeah. In the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, is that Linkin Park? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah, you can email us at uh, hey.hayarnoldhey at gmail.com. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. we talk about whatever the hell we want to talk about. That's and right. And then if you listen, you listen. That's fantastic. And we yeah. love that. And we really appreciate it. But also, yeah, you can send us uh, emails because we would love to hear from yeah. you. Yeah. We, we work hard to do the best we can. And sometimes that falls short. Yeah. I don't think we fell short. Uh, I guess we'll find out. <laughs> uh, okay. So to wrap up, uh, we have a pretty exciting uh, new addition to the show that we um, think is going to be a fun uh, a fun way to kind of finish out every episode. Um as uh, you all know, Hey Arnold is as much about the music as it is about uh, the wonderful nuanced characters, uh, especially um, uh, jazz, soul, funk, funk. Uh, like weird electro pop. Yeah. Um, yeah, this shows a lot about those things. And so we want to we want to finish out every episode with we're calling it smooth jazz of the week, but it may it may <laughs> include funk soul yeah. electronica. This is a bit of French jazz, Parisian. Jazz. Yeah. Yeah. We got some. Uh, uh, friend, you know, a la Cecile, uh, who's from France. So yeah. uh, today we're playing a song from Melody Gardot uh, called Les Etoiles, uh, and it's from my one and only thrill. So we're gonna f- we're gonna you know in true Harold fashion finish Send up with some great jazz. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Enjoy the music. Les étoiles, les étoiles, les étoiles, dites-moi étoile, pourquoi j'ai mon regard? Les étoiles, les étoiles, les étoiles, dites-moi étoile, qui vous regardera? The stars, the stars are shining.